0: Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com.
1: We live in a culture that that kind of despises rest, right? And I don't know, maybe you've ever had an experience where you've gone on vacation or a trip that was supposed to be fun, and you like come back home like more tired than you went. Like, you ever experienced that? Like, you just go and you think, man, I need like I need a vacation from vacation, right? So I've not been to Disney World since like I guess like I was in diapers, I think more or less. My parents had told me, and so we went uh, a couple of years back as a family, kind of just just having some time together and. And, um, and so I, I'll not forget, we, we got there and, and man, all of a sudden, like I realized that I was in a gauntlet, like the alarm would go off at 5 AM and at like 11 o'clock midnight that night, you would like roll back in. And I remember like, like two or three days in, like to Emily, like, what did we sign up for? Right? Like, well, what's, what's happening here? Right. And maybe you've heard that motto, like, um, YOLO, right. You only live What? You only live once. And I might just respond, Yodo, you only die once. And if you live only once like that, like consistently, you might experience Yodo much sooner than you think, right? I mean, it's just a reality. and and, But I think it kind of brings a picture, a clarity of the fact that we struggle to rest even when we go on things we call vacation. A recent CNN study said that those who work 11-hour days, get this, are 250% more likely to be depressed than those who work regular 8-hour days. Again, those who work 11-hour days are, get this, 250% more likely to be depressed. doesn't mean they will be, but more likely to be than those who work 8-hour days. And the reason why is physicians tell us that when you work or you're doing things, there's a certain amount of chemicals and hormones that are being released. And those are good like in average levels. But as you create the excess, guess what? Those begin to get excess, and it almost becomes toxic to your body, leading to greater anxiety and depression. And so I wonder today, like maybe just a quick poll here, as you think back on this last week, or maybe thinking about your week to come. All right, so think it again, either on this last week, or thinking about the week that's in front of you. How many of you, maybe just by a show of hands, have commitments already for four out of the seven nights? You have commitments already. You can count church nights, right, as part of that, yeah. Alright, how many of you have five of the seven already booked? You know. Come on, raise them up. Somebody know, the, come on. Okay, how many of six or seven? How many are going like all in? You got all seven already. Yeah. Right, we, we, we know, alright, we, we experience this culture in which we begin to realize that, guess what? We are, at, are living at like a breakneck pace. Right, I mean, we are struggling. Again, this, this, this message today is titled Rest. Because I think we struggle with it specifically as we come in to Thanksgiving and Christmas. My assumption is many of you are already trying to game plan of how you're going to get to this place, how you're going to get to that place. We talked about a few weeks ago, some of you, right, are Black Friday shoppers. You're already, like, you've spent hours, like, already figuring out, like, where's this, where's that, where's this, where are we going here, right? I mean, it's just so jam-packed. And if we're honest today, Christianity can feel a lot like that. Like Christianity, instead of like feeling like a place of rest, it can become like just things that you do. Like, oh man, I need to go to church. Oh, I need to be here to operate your Christmas child tonight. I need to read my Bible more. I need to pray. I should tell somebody uh, about Jesus this week. I need to give. I should be a part of that mission. I probably should go serve there. And if we're not really careful, listen, our lives and Christianity can begin to like co-mingle in a sense that, guess what, we live this unbelievably busy life that has no opportunity for rest and maybe what i want to just push back on my life today maybe just push back on yours is to realize that the bible has a different picture of what a christian life looks like and here's the big thing maybe the big title or whatever i want to throw at you today is this resting is my ongoing response of faith resting is my ongoing response of faith it's amazing you're going to see it today that throughout the bible The Bible constantly talks about rest. In fact, Jesus is one of the most familiar statements in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, right? There's all these people around, and Jesus stands and says to everyone, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. Rest. Like, there's a source for rest. Like, he says, if you want rest, I want you to know where today you could find rest. It's me. I'm the rest that you long for and need. So today, we're going to look at, right, like, what's the Bible say about rest? Maybe what's a roadblock that keeps us from rest, right? How, how might we come to finally know that rest, and then like, what's it look like to live it out? So that's kind of a roadmap of where we're headed. So first, we are called to rest. Look what it says. Being here in Hebrews chapter four this morning. Look with me at verse one. Therefore, while the promise of entering. His rest still stands. So again, there's this opportunity for rest, right? There's a promise of entering it. He says it's standing, right? There's an open door standing before us. Let us fear lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. Now, this idea of rest goes throughout this passage. I want to give you maybe just a a snippet of it real quickly, throwing it on the screen and just throwing it at you. Back in verse 11 of chapter 3, they said, They shall not enter my rest. Chapter 3, verse 18, they would not enter his rest. You read it there in verse 1 of of chapter 4. Now listen to these other verses in chapter 4 here. Verse 3, have believed, entered that rest. Verse 3 again, shall not enter my rest. Verse 4, and God rested on the seventh day. Verse 5, shall not enter my rest. Verse 8, had given them rest. Verse 9, there remains a Sabbath rest. Verse 10, whoever has entered God's rest. Verse 11, strive to enter that rest. So in 11 verses right there, right, we have like nine different statements about rest. I don't know about you, but if you went to see your doctor today about some type of ailment and maybe they just said, hey, listen, you need to try this diet or you need to be doing this type of exercise or you take this medication and like, they said to you like 11 sentences and nine different of those sentences said that same exact word, you would clue in to say, guess what, it's pretty important that I do this. The writer of Hebrews is saying, guys, we were created for rest. We need Rest. This opportunity here, again, now when you think about the rest he's speaking of, ultimately he's looking forward to the rest that is to come, the kingdom that is to come. You've been with us, we've been walking through the book of Isaiah, and so we know, we have an idea about this new heaven, this new earth, and so he's looking forward to that. But look also, if you would, there just again, as they're on the screen before you, that seven out of the 11 passages make this call to enter the rest, right? I mean, just constantly saying, enter, 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 entering, enter, enter, rest, There's this invitation of an open door that's standing before you saying, listen, this is offered to you today. Rest. Some of you, listen, God is moving your heart already to say, you know what, it's time for you to open that door to a child in this community or in amongst the nations and open your door to your house to say, listen, you can come and live here and have a place of rest. I've said it before. You've got to wonder. You've got to at least ask yourself today, why do we have all these extra rooms in our house? Why those empty beds? Why do I have all this extra food? Why do I have extra toothbrushes today? Right, you heard her testimony. You need to at least begin to ask those questions and deal with some of that. Why? Because God may be using your house to open it up to that child that that child could enter in and finally find rest. But nonetheless, right, I mean, again, these passages, this call to enter indicates a call for response. And, and the author, right, does some amazing stuff here in the midst of Hebrews chapter 4. It's kind of a big term, biblical theology. Don't let it scare you, right? I don't throw an image on the screen that maybe helps you capture well what biblical theology is. Right, biblical theology is this. It just kind of helps us understand that when we read the Bible, we understand that different places in time came, right? There was creation, And then after creation came the fall, right, where Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and they disobeyed and we've been living there ever since. Is it not working? Hey, there it is. Yeah, and so look, so you see creation and then there's the fall and then there's a place of redemption as it looks to the cross, right? And then finally there's that last place of restoration of God's kingdom coming. And I want to encourage you, some of you, again, your teachers here in the church, I want to encourage you, if you're, you're reading the Bible on your own, this is a great way to read the Bible and understand it better. Right, asking where does this passage that I'm reading and studying right now fall in the midst of that timeline and those four groups? Again, it's the word biblical theology. Don't let it scare you. Just think: creation, fall, redemption, restoration. And here's what's beautiful: happens is in the midst of this chapter, this passage today here in Hebrews four, the writer is going to walk through these categories and help us see how does rest impact. So look at me, would beginning here in Hebrews chapter four, verse four. The writer says, for he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way. So we have this called the seventh day. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Now we're going to talk about this passage again, this very verse here, in just more in a minute. But I want you to realize that God's not resting because he's tired. God's resting because he's satisfied. It's a huge change, a huge difference. So look at me further, though. Look, so... There's a call again. This is creation. So that's where he's starting, saying, listen, God rested on the seventh day from his work. So God here in the midst of creation is resting, right? He's setting a pattern for us. This is what it should look like. But now, listen, we step after the fall, after sin. He picks up right here and he quotes from Psalm 95, verse 11. Look what he says there in Hebrews 4 and 5. And again, in this passage, he said, they shall not enter my rest. What happens is. Well, the people, right, had been delivered from Egypt and they'd come out and they were promised to go into the promised land. But the fact is, the people didn't believe that God was actually faithful to do what He had said He would do. And so they rebel against God and they think, we surely shouldn't go into that land. We probably need to even go back to Egypt. And so it's there in the midst of that, listen, in the midst of their wanderings in the wilderness, that they experience the fact that God says they're not going to enter my rest. And again, that generation dies off. But look what else happens here, the time of Joshua, right? During the time of Joshua, who took them finally out of the wilderness and brings them into the promised land, right? They experienced all this 40 years, right? They spent 400 years in Egyptian bondage, now 40 years in the wilderness, and now they're finally coming into the promised land. The question is, okay, now they finally entered rest. But listen to this. The passage of Hebrews says, no, guys, that's not the ultimate rest. Look what he says there in verse 8 of Hebrews 4. For if Joshua had given them rest, so if Joshua had actually given them the rest that they had longed for, God would not have spoken of another day later on. There's clearly another day, another day that's coming, a greater day that's coming again. So we're in the midst of that, right? You're thinking. So Joshua writes, right? And he says, he, the creation come, God rested, right? The fall broke up that, right? We no longer long for rest. We no longer understand rest, right? We're rebellion against God. And we're trying to consume and do all we can, That's part of the fall. It's part of the curse. And Joshua looks and he says, listen, in between the fall and redemption, where Joshua is is there, the people in the promised land says, guys, this isn't it. And then listen, look what happens further here. Back in verse 7, Psalm 95, again, David is writing here and he's talking about the time of David. and, And listen, David writes and he says, listen, guys, I want you to know that long after even the people had come into the promised land, They hadn't experienced the ultimate rest, they thought. Right? I mean, so again, look what he says here, verse 7. Again, he appoints a certain day, today, saying through David so long afterward, in the words already quoted... Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. He says, listen, there's coming a day. David's longing for a day, something greater than this world. There's got to be something more, right? I mean, maybe some of you are there, right? I mean, again, he's he's, he's writing to us, helping us see that from creation, God established rest as part of it. The fall has broken that. And, and so the people were in rebellion in the wilderness, and they didn't experience rest in the wilderness. And then they got to the promised land. But Joshua's saying, listen, guys, this is still not it. And David's saying, listen, guys, long after now, we look and we've experienced all these things but we still haven't got to the place of rest and so all the writers are looking forward to redemption and the redemption that he will bring and provide restoration so again as you read passage of the bible i want to encourage you so here's finally in verse 9 the writer comes here and says listen guys now we stand today he looks back to the cross right and says how does the cross impact us and he looks forward to the restoration right the kingdom that is coming so look what happens here in verse 9 So then, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Says there's still an opportunity, guys. The call still goes forth. The opportunity is for you today to experience rest. Some of you, again, you think you're too dirty. You've done too many things wrong. There's no way that God would ever accept you. And the writer of the Word of God says to you today, come home. Some of you again, you think that you have messed up too many times. Like you you said, God, I wouldn't never do this again if you were just get me out of the situation, and God got you out of the situation, and you found yourself doing it again. And the Satan says to you, Man, God would never take somebody like you back. You're supposed to be a Christian, a church person. And the writer of Hebrews just whispers to you and me today there still remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. There's still opportunity today to experience rest. It's a beautiful moment today, now, here, believe. And listen, I mean, l- l- let's be honest. I mean, from experience, not only, not only biblically, but you've probably experienced it like in your life experientially, right? I mean, maybe some of you are today here thinking, right, like, if I ever make it out of the wilderness that I'm in, then I'll have rest. Like if I ever, if we could ever salvage this relationship and it gets back right, then I'll have rest. Some of you, right, you're just thinking, if I could ever just make it through this season of work or uh, this season of school, this gauntlet that I'm in, if I could ever make it through, then we'll have rest. Like some of you, right, you're there in the midst of a wilderness, it's health related for you. And you're thinking, listen, if we can ever just get health right, if we could ever just get a clean bill of health, then I'll be out of this wilderness and then I'll experience rest. Some of you today, listen, you had a promised land that was before you, and that promised land for some may have been the word retirement. And you had heard about retirement, you planned for retirement, you saved for retirement, and you thought all these different things were gonna happen, but now you've landed in retirement and you realize that even retirement can't provide rest. So maybe all of us today here would just have to acknowledge that there's some serious roadblocks in life but also internally that keep us from resting and so let's just ask for a moment from the text what are those what might keep us from resting look what he says return with me back to verse 18 of hebrews chapter 3 and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest so again we have this group of people that are not entering his rest and who are those people he says but to those who were disobedience Alright, right. So look what look what else he says here further. Verse 19. So we see that they were unable to enter. Right. So now we have people that are unable to enter. People are called to enter. But again, they can't enter. Why? He said, look what he says here. Because here's the reason why you see that because of unbelief. Look with me now. Verse two of Hebrews four for good news came to us just as to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them. Listen again. So they experience a lack of benefiting from it. Right. They don't they don't experience the rest. Because, why? Why do they not? Look what he says here. Because they were not united by faith. So there's a lack of faith. So now what do we see here? We see a lack of faith. We see unbelief. And we see disobedience. All three of these things point us to the reason why we don't experience rest. Now, listen, some of you, I mean, you, you may think, well, th- that speaks of just people that outright deny Jesus, say, I don't want anything to do with him. I don't need that crutch, right? I don't need that weakness. I, I'll be good enough on my own. But listen, I, I want to push maybe to some of you today, listen, that you think that unbelief is, is a lack of faith, faith maybe, and thinking that Christ is enough, right? Like, I mean, you, you may even define yourself today as a Christian, but like you spend your entire life trying to still like ante up to God, like you still owe him stuff. It's not that Jesus' sacrifice isn't good. It's just like maybe it's not enough. And so the only way to ensure that I'm actually good is i got to keep reading my Bible enough. i got to give enough. I need to serve and more. I need to be there on Wednesday night. i got to be a part of that ministry. i got to do this. i got to do that. And for you, listen, if you're not careful, salvation comes about do, 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 do like it's ne- like you never have rest because you're always having to do something else to prove yourself. I would say to you that God doesn't spell salvation D O. He spells it D O N E. It's done. And it's in Christ. And for some of you again, you just need to come to that place of rest because you've been spending your whole life of trying even maybe as a believer to prove God you didn't you didn't you didn't pick me wrong, God. God, I I want you to know that, listen, I, I can prove that I'm actually worthy of you. Listen, I want you to know, beloved, you will only ever be worthy and accepted because of the sacrifice of Christ. It's about what he's done on your behalf. And let that be a place of rest for you. Let that be your motivation now, not because you're trying to earn God's favor or you're trying to be good enough to earn up to what God expects of you. I want it to be the fact that Christ met the righteous standard for you. So listen this morning, don't allow unbelief, don't allow a lack of faith in believing that Christ is sufficient prevent you from entering into rest. It's it's an awesome moment, right, of maybe just asking a further question of why do people so often refuse to believe, right? And look what he does. Let's return back here just for a moment. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 4. And I think the writer of Hebrews helps us understand how do we truly come to experience rest? Like maybe, I'm, I'm assuming again, most of us today desire rest. Look what he says back in verse 4. For he has somewhere spoken of the seventh day in this way. So again, we have the seventh day of creation. And God does what on the seventh day? He rested on the seventh day from all his works. All right, so he's, he's quoting from or citing Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. Look what it says here at the bottom of the screen. And on the seventh day, again, God finished his work that he had done and God did what? He rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. The question I have to ask is, why did God rest? Look what it says back in verse 31 of Genesis chapter 1 again. Just rewind it just a few verses before. And God saw, look what God sees, everything that he had made. And behold, it was what? Very good. God isn't resting the seventh day because God has got maxed out in creating the stars and billions of galaxies and plants and trees and creatures of the deep and separating light and darkness and all these things. God is resting. Why? Because He is satisfied. But let's be honest, for most of us, and when I say most of us, I'm talking a lot about me here today. I struggle with satisfaction. Right? I mean, maybe some of you again, when you think about your life and being satisfied, my assumption is some of you here today are thinking about how unclean your house is this moment. Some of you again, if you're thinking about satisfaction, you're thinking that something you designed or did it work this week, how it could have been a little bit better. Right? Some of you again, you're thinking about that next project that's going to need more screws, you need more wood, you need more of this. I mean, like, Some of you, as you're you writers and you're thinking, man, if I could just get that sentence a little bit crisper. Some of you, again, you're musicians and you're thinking, listen, if that note could get just a little bit closer to perfect, then I'll be good on that song. Another of you, listen, you're just thinking, listen, I got more cows to check. If I could just have time this week to tune that last piece of equipment, get it set up for the fall, get it, I mean, just ready to go away. I mean, listen, guys within all of us we're struggling to prove ourselves there's like this deep desire for satisfaction for ourselves and for others to validate us and it keeps us from resting right we have this this inner thought that we keep thinking i'm not okay i'm not acceptable and so maybe if i do enough of this if i do enough of those things if i join enough with those organizations if i give enough if i go enough if i read enough if i if i if i just keep doing enough things then i'll be good then i'll be acceptable Right. I mean, some of you, again, maybe you think if you just be a little bit funnier, then more people might laugh at your post or your tweets or your Instagram. Right. I mean, some of you think if, listen, my family could ever go on this trip, then we'll be happy. I mean, think about it. When you when you meet somebody, typically one of the first questions we ask is, what do you what? What do you do? Right. We wanting to learn something about them. But we also realize that by what we do is really connected to our identity, which is hard for some of you because you're retired now and your life was really anchored in what you did. And so you've been struggling with identity. And I want to whisper to you and and whisper again to my own life. Again, I'm struggling with this topic today. Is our identity will always be in Christ. That's our ultimate identity. That's where our worth comes from. That's where my true value comes from. Right? I mean, and let's be honest. I mean, I don't know about you, but maybe you have times when you just want to impress others. So when they ask you about what you do, you find yourself exaggerating. Maybe some of you, you're just driven to overwork. And listen, I mean, you can't let anybody down. And so, man, you've got to be the first person to respond to every text. Some of you, like, listen, you go home from work, and even on a Friday night, you're checking your email and your phone 15 times because you think maybe somebody sent something, maybe you need to respond to. Listen, all of that is just a reminder to all of us that we struggle, and often we re- re- we root our identity in things other than the cross. And because of all this and so many more, that's why you and I are such tired People. And we need a cure for this restlessness. And listen, we're all blocked by the fact that we don't trust God and we don't trust in Him because let's just be honest. Deep down somewhere, we have fears or concerns or worries or thoughts or beliefs that maybe the cross of Christ isn't satisfying enough to God. And I need something. It's Christ plus something. That's why literally Paul wrote the book of Galatians. That was what those people believed. It was not that Christ wasn't good, it's just you needed Christ plus something. And the writer of Hebrews here is just reminding us, listen, the only thing that will ever satisfy God is Christ alone. And that's the place that we've got to come to rest that will never be good enough on our own, guys. So I want to ask you, how do you enter into that rest? Look what he says here at the beginning of Hebrews chapter 4. Look at the beginning verse 1. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still stands, Let us fear. Listen, we're called to fear this. Lest any of you should seem to have failed to reach it. We're called to fear having an unbelieving heart. We are called to fear the fact that we, by nature, will be driven to repulse and repudiate the work of Christ because we want to self-justify. We want to self-satisfy. We want our self-identity to be enough, to be sufficient. And listen again, the writer of Hebrews reminds us, guys, listen, verse 2. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message they heard did not benefit them. Why might this message that you've heard for for many years of your life, or maybe just for a few weeks of your life, why might it not benefit you? Look what it says. Because, here's why. They were not united by faith with those who believe. Listen, we all need to fear the fact that we have a tendency to not believe right, to be disobedient, to lack that faith. We all have those moments. I want to compel you. That's why you need the church. That's why you need to connect with Sunday school. That's why you need to get a part of a small group where you have other people who help hold you accountable, people that when you're not here, right, the church is the church is growing. Look around. I mean, we're struggling. The seats are, are packing full. And so in the midst of that, we praise God for that. But the reality is you can be easier to be missed in that situation. So I want to compel you, get connected to a part of a small group so that that group now looks, listen, if somebody's not been in your class in two weeks, you as a class need to be reaching out. If there's people that you're used to serving with, guess what? You need to reach out and say, man, we miss you. Where are you?" you used to serve with us? We need to be intentional as a church body. Why? Because let us fear, lest any of us in this place should seem to have failed to reach the place of eternal rest. There's a call to guard it. But how do they enter this rest? Look at it again continually. The way that you enter the rest of God is by faith. That's how we enter into rest. Faith that Christ is our righteousness, that He's done what we can never do on our own. In fact, this is one of the main reasons the Old Testament gives for experiencing the Sabbath. The Sabbath was to remind the people that God was the Savior of their lives. Look with me real quickly, Deuteronomy 5, beginning verse 12. Observe the Sabbath day. Again, that's their Saturday observe the sabbath day to keep it holy as the lord your god commanded you now listen to what he does here again this call to observe the sabbath the call to rest again to take one day a week off that was specifically what they were called to do which again they live in cultures in which no one else in the culture did that why because if you rested then that means you get behind light bulb moment you live in the same type of culture and the thought is, if you rest even for a day, some of you, again, if you thought if you even went home today and laid down for a little bit, you would miss something or get behind or something. Who's going to do those dishes, right? Who's going to go see that person? Who's going to, I mean, you, you're experiencing it right now like this, just this culture just pressing in on you. You'll get behind. You'll miss. Look what happens here, verse fifteen of Deuteronomy five. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God brought you out from there with, look what he says here, a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, here's the response to that. Because of what God's done, look what he says to them. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep what? Keep the Sabbath. It's a reminder, listen, that God brought you out from what you could never bring yourself out from. They were in Egyptian bondage, right? They didn't have the power to overcome the Egyptians. Right. Like, I mean, think back, like you guys didn't come together like on one of those nights and say, all right, hey, listen, Jimmy, you go get all those frogs. And hey, listen, Sarah, you're going to get a bunch of frogs and, and we're going to get together tomorrow night. We're going to release all kinds of frogs everywhere. Right. No more than like, can you imagine like maybe saying like, hey, listen, you go get the powder blood. I'll get the powder blood from here. I'll get the powder blood. And we'll, we'll like when everybody goes to bed tonight, we'll dump it in the Nile. And when everybody wakes up in the morning, the Nile will be blood. No more than like when Moses got to the Red Sea, right? And the Red Sea's there and the Egyptian army is facing back and he's like, all right, everybody divide up. Guys over here, girls over here. Guys, you blow as hard as you can in this direction. Ladies, you're going to splash with all your might. They didn't do any of that. And the Sabbath is just a time for them to slow down and say, God did what we could never do for ourselves. And we're just going to rest in that. Some of you, listen, adoption is God calling some of you to be His hands and His feet and to open doors for kiddos right now that can never imagine those doors would come open. They, they just they can't imagine today that those waters of their life would ever part. And by God's grace and by the power of the Most High, the Spirit of God is going to compel some of you. It's time to go stand before some waters. It's time in the name of the Most High God to stand before some kings to let the kings of earth know there's a king who is Jesus and he reigns over all the kings of the earth. Some of you are being compelled to that end toward adoption and fostering. Some of you are going to be a champion for those who go and you're going to help provide resources and pray and encourage and labor beside them. Listen, guys, the main thing that they were trying to do, God had already done. It's with us. Right, I mean that's what Jesus there in Luke, he just utters from the cross, it is what? It's finished. It's done. There's nothing you could do. No more than they could like turn the Nile in the blood or get enough frogs together or no way they could part the waters on their own. We are up against something that we could never overcome and it is sin and the curse of sin. The payment for sin is death and the wrath of God is standing waiting to judge all of us. And yet in the mercy and the grace of God, He so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son that if you would believe today, you would not perish but have everlasting life the waters would open to you into god's eternal kingdom and because christ has done for us what we could never do for ourselves listen let us rest let sunday listen again i will going to come to the application here in just a moment but listen maybe sunday again just maybe at this last moment of blake how might i live this practically well resting again is my ongoing response of faith and and so i want to encourage you let your faith be lived right i mean listen to what he says here again is it Verse 8 and 9, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. The question is, how do we know who the people of God are? Who are those that have actually experienced Sabbath rest? Well, look what he does. Verse 10 here, 4. Here's how he proves it. Whoever has entered God's rest has done something. Look what he does. They've also rested from his works as God did from his Now, this looks forward to places like Revelation 14 and 13, where you hear blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the spirit, for they shall rest from their labors and their deeds shall follow them. So this looks forward, yes, to the ultimate redemption that is coming, but also to know listen, guys, that there is rest here and now. I want to compel you. I want to encourage you. Allow that Sabbath principle to impact the way that you live. Again, some of you, it's through adoption. Again, a place for kids to rest. I mean, just practically, this compels you. Listen, as we've experienced God's rest, and we didn't earn or deserve it, so listen, God is calling us to go out and love on a child, to let them know that they can come in and find a forever family and experience a place of rest. Some of you, listen, you just need weekly rest. For very many of you, listen, it's going to be one day a week, and it's likely going to be Today right? It's going to be many for you. It's going to be Sunday. It's going to be a day of rest. We're going to focus upon God relationships. You're going to turn off your phone or your iPad, get away from it for like, I mean, maybe a first step is 30 minutes. It's hard. Some of you come on. You, do you not feel that? Like when that text message, ding, whatever goes off, you're like, I got to have it. Right? You're like, right. You got to. Listen, some of you, again, this just practically today calls for you to step away. And I know some of you, listen, you, you you work in jobs that maybe Sunday's not a day off for you. So like for me, for Friday's a day off. So I intentionally try not to take meetings. I try to intentionally get away from my phone. I want to have time to play with the kids. Some of you, again, your Sabbath. You just need time to read a book, to go hunting, to go fishing, to bake something, to play an instrument. I don't know, but take time to rest as a declaration that God has done for you your greatest need, and that is salvation in Christ. And so this is a response of you saying, God, I am thankful and I am resting in you. Resting is an ongoing expression of our faith. Secondly, giving. Right? are you like, what? How does giving fit in? But listen, giving is an application or expression of the Sabbath principle. Right? So people give back 10% of their income, so to speak. Right? That tithe. But listen, we don't do that just because maybe we sit around and wonder like, well, I got 10% left in my my weekly left or whatever, our month. Let's just figure out what we can do with it. No, listen, we are giving that just as we often don't have time to take a day off. But our giving is an expression of our faith. It's not that we can't figure out what to do with that other 10% or 15% or 5% or 20% or or whatever. That giving is an expression of God. I love, I believe, I trust, I am committed to you. So in the same way, God, I'm going to honor you by maybe taking one day a week off. Why? Trusting that you will bless the home, the farm, the work, the whatever in six days and what I could do in seven. God, by giving, I trust that you're going to bless and multiply the other 90% or whatever I have remaining. Listen, it's just an act of faith. It's an act of devotion. Thirdly, sleep. Researchers tell us that Up until 1879, the average American slept 11 hours a night. Do you know what happened in 1879? Something was invented, you know, by Thomas Edison? What was it? The light bulb. And boom, with that, right now, right for us, it's not the light bulb, it's the glow, right? Like, ooh, right? Listen, I want to challenge you guys. Maybe as couples, Emily and I are part of of a grace marriage event to the Kentucky Baptist Convention we've been going to. And part of the challenge that we've tried to do our best to is just putting our phones away 30 minutes before bed. That's hard. I'll just be honest with you. It's hard. There's nights when I'm convicted, I look over and my wife's here and I'm here and we're both just doing this. I want to challenge you, maybe as a step, just say, listen, as a point of sleep and rest, I realize there's always another article I could read. There's always something else on Facebook I need to see about. There's always something new, cute on Pinterest. There's always something I need to research or think about. But I realize that I'm not God and I can't do it all. And so I'm just going to rest and I'm going to spend some time with my bride. I'm going to rest. Right, kiddos, some of you need to put the games away, turn the TV off and just go maybe read a book or just hang out as a family. I want to encourage you, find time to get Rest. Listen, none of this is easy. All of our hearts are wired for self-justification, self-satisfaction. But that's why the gospel is so countercultural, And it, it's contrary to our own desires. We can mask it well, but the moment that failure comes or criticism or something goes wrong and what I do is start making longer lists or start working more hours. But instead of trying to do, let's return to what has already been done. And let resting be an ongoing expression of your faith that god has met your greatest need and because he's met your greatest need in christ i'll trust that he's going to meet all the others as well and so i can go to bed tonight or i can lay down and take a nap or i can take a day off this week and realize that god is in control and will take care and meet the needs of my family i want to ask you as a challenge maybe as we leave I want you to ask someone that you're close to. It could be a spouse, could be a child. Ooh, ask your kiddos. You get a real legit. When do you see mom or dad resting? Ask them maybe that question today. Ask your spouse. Do you, do you, do you think that I, like my resting is an ongoing expression of my faith? Some of you again, maybe it's part of your Sunday school class or people, a friend that you're close to. I want to I want to challenge you. Maybe as you leave here, just just create this discussion. Maybe talk to them about. Tell me about how your day off looks, or how do you rest in your life? And then ask them about you to speak honestly. Do you think I'm a person that rests? Guys, it's not about what we do. It's about what He's already done. It is finished. And let that compel us and let that let us find a place of rest. Come today to be forgiven, cleansed of everything you've ever done, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit and the forgiveness of your sins by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Father, in the strong name of Christ, I pray that you would allow us to be people that rest. That when people see us, they see something different. Lord, I know that we live crazy, fast-paced lives. And Lord, I struggle deeply with this message. I, I, I know, Lord. You know. You see how tied I am to my phone, how tight I am to having to work, to do this, to do that. God, I just pray right now that by the power of the Holy Spirit and the truth of the Word of God, that you would transform your people. And I ask, God, for those in this place that do not know you, that will not experience eternal rest in Christ, in a new kingdom. Father, I pray today that they would realize that their sin separates you from them. And they must come to Christ and rest in His finished work. I pray today for expressions of faith and confession of sin and professions that Christ alone is Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today!